Uh, I, I'm going to be inviting uh, Mick in just a moment to come and share with us. It's great to have Mick. He's one of the uh, folk who are uh, here for the first time in two years, but has been watching with us and being with us for the last two years on TV. Uh, and so he's been, he's been very much part of the community, uh, and we're really excited that he's with us today. And um, our theme and our focus is, um, is uh, Missio Dei, which is really, you know, God on mission. And I'm going to say a few more things about that, but I wanted to give, you know, Mick an opportunity just to share uh, his experience uh, of mission, uh, and both local, but really, I've asked him to really focus his attention on international in that sense, and I wanted him to come and share, uh, and, and I knew that you'd give him a rapturous round of applause, even though he probably won't hear you, you know, because he's suffering at the moment with his ears, but let's, let, let him at least see the action of Mick. And he's going to come and share. Isn't it great to see Mick in church? Good to see you, pal. I've asked Mick two questions, and he's going to answer them now. Hi, I'm here. You're here. <laughs> um, it's been a long time, and you know my circumstances um, of the sad loss of my lovely wife, Ruth. But God has said, go on. And I want to just share yeah. mission as far as I'm concerned. Thank you. Uh, I'm always in trouble. Um, <laughs> um, it all starts when I was 16. Can you believe it? I was once 16. <laughs> I'm now 81. <laughs> and it was on a day, on a Sunday, I went to the cinema in the evening. Great. Came out of the cinema, and I was with a mate, and we said, uh, let's follow some girls. Let's go and see whether we can meet some girls. This is true. So we're walking up the road, and a guy comes across and said, Hi, would you like a cup of coffee? I mean, this is mission, I'm telling you. And um, I said, thinking myself, I like anything that's free. You know, anything you can get free. And we went with him, and it was a church. Oh, but we felt embarrassed, but we went in. And you know something? I met Jesus Christ, the one that you've been singing about this morning, the King of Kings. The Son of God, he met me. Now, you've got to realize I knew nothing about the Bible. I didn't know a thing. I'd never read a Bible, not really. We had Sunday, we had, a, you know, the thing at school, religious education, didn't mean a thing. I don't know, so I wanted to see the, the, where I came from. I had no knowledge of the Bible, but I met the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, that night. And what Steve's just said, it made me, you know, God loved me, 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 who had mixed in the world, done things that I've not, you know, not good, and yet he loved me, and I met him that night. And that was when I started mission. I didn't know it, because I'm telling you again, I've never read a Bible. But God said, I went to these these Christians, and they started to tell me things. Now that you're a Christian, go and tell somebody. Oh, go and tell. So I, I went home to my parents with my knees knocking and said, I've had something happen tonight. And they were loving parents. You know, and they looked at me and think, oh, it, it'll go away in a few days. You know, they're going to think, 
It didn't. And so let me go on with the story. They told me, I must tell somebody, do you know the rotten lot took me down to the ball ring in Birmingham? Now, I don't know if you know it, if you've been there, it's where the big market is. And there was a guy preaching on a soapbox. And he said to me, now you've got to get on there and tell people about what's happened. Don't forget that you were to look at me, no Bible knowledge. I'd simply met the King of Kings and said, go and tell them. So I stood on this box and I told them my testimony, basically. And that was it, but it was a wonder. And then as my life went on, I got married. And I married my lovely Ruth. And I went to be with her at her church. And, you know, you talk about mission. I'm talking really about mission. You don't know about this. Sometimes you think, think, when you hear the word mission, it means that you've got to go to Nepal, or you've got to go to Africa, or you've got to... It's rubbish. Do you know what happened? We lived in Hunsworth, Birmingham. And every nation on earth lives in Hunsworth. It's true. And I, Ruth and I, both had Sunday school classes, and we had 20 kids in our Sunday school class, each class, all of them West Indian. And we had that for many years. And so suddenly we got the mission field come to us. You know, and then we, we started a children's work. And then we started to get the Indians. You know, we never, we, we never spoke to Indians. And suddenly we had a room with 400 kids, all mixed races. And we were sharing the love of Jesus every week for 15 years. That's mission. I didn't realize it, but mission. And, uh, and one of the guys came to my funeral. He'd been to all over the world. He's an Indian fellow. And he'd been a church leader in New Zealand. And I didn't know. it was I hadn't spoken to him for 20, 30 years. And God's taken him. No, he was out at the children's work. He with me. So mission continued, because he went out on mission. Uh, isn't that wonderful? That, and I've got lots of kids now. What well, do I must get to my notes or I'll get told off? Um, the other point I wanted to say was the mission field came to us. And you know, you carry on your life. Ruth and I then left that church and we joined what was then the um, new move of the Holy Spirit. Many things were happening, churches were changing. We went to a church in Soldy Hall, and you know, mission carried on. Suddenly, something happened in the news. The boat people and the local council said to us, churches, go and look after these folk and show them how England ticks, which we did. And we looked, had a particular family that we were particularly friends with, but mission went on. And then a few years later, and this is so silly, really, um, you see, mission starts when God wants it to start. And on Sunday morning, I was talking to a friend who had been to Romania. And I said to her, what are you doing? Are you going back to Romania? She said, yes, I'm going back in a few months' time, but God told me you've got to come with me. I said, what? He said, you've got to come with us. So we went. I'm going to cut the story short. But we met many lovely people in Romania. 
I, I drove a van, van out, full of aid. Uh, both Ruth and I gave our jobs up because we felt so, so moved by what we saw in Romania. And uh, it made us love the people. And we did good things for them. They came back. Wow. That was the start of something else. And let me say, the fruit of that is here this morning. I'm telling you, I've just held a little boy in my arms called Edward. Wow, Carmen's little boy. And it was her family that we particularly became friends with. And in a sense, they have been our family for many years. And um, but that was the fruit of that, but isn't it wonderful? Now, I want to go on to the second question, which was, if I can re read it, um, what was the best bit about mission? Well, I'll tell you something. The best thing about mission is people. It seems people's lives that are changed because of where you've been and what you've done and what you've said. And we've seen lives change. Isn't that wonderful? And I want to testify about something over there. The wonder of mission is people, but mission can be rewarding. You know, a lot of missionaries go out and they do great work and they are rewarded by the fruit that they see. Am I not right, Steve? I'm sure. Um, anyway, the funeral happened. I'm cutting the story completely short. The boat people, when they came to this country, had an out. They had nothing. No money, not much. They may have had a bit, but you know what I mean? They, were, they got rickets. They were poor people. had come from a, another war, war country where war had been happening. They came to the funeral. And after the funeral, they took me for a meal. And then after the meal, I took home. They gave me two envelopes. I thought, wow. I didn't open them. They went. I went into the house, I opened the envelope, 500 pounds towards the funeral. Wow. And I'm, I, I, it wasn't the money, it was the expression of their blessing because of Ruth and I. And, you know, I'm just saying the, the fruit of mission is seeing the results, it honestly is. And, you know, you, you're talking about mission today and about going to Burnham and all this thing. In a few years' time, you'll be saying, wow, mission, look at what's happened. And I'm believing that in God. Finally, 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 and then people can come and take over. Um, yeah, right. It's the love and care of people of this church that are a result of mission. And I want to testify that you lot... You lot are fantastic in terms of love and care and feeding me. <laughs> and I've still got all the plastic cup things and dishes that's not been claimed, a hidden treasure. But what I, want to, what I really want to say is really thank you so much for your love and care because the mission of this church is to bring good news to people, isn't it? And it's the good news, and the good news is how we express ourselves. It's part of the gospel message. It isn't just talking, it's showing. If you don't show the love of God, how can you expect people to believe you? 
If you just say it and don't do it, it will mean nothing. So thank you very much, church, for all you've done for me. And, you know, one of the wonderful things we were singing, for eternity, one thing when I became a Christian, I suddenly found out I've got eternal life. Wow! You know, we don't rejoice over that, but each person that's born again by the Spirit of God are going to live forever. And I find that fantastic. You know, so you better start getting on with each other now, because in heaven, <laughs> right? Anyway, thank you, Steve. That's my little sharing of, of uh, Absolutely fantastic. Mick on mission. Well, I'm sure that you've been blessed already by what you've heard from, from Mick and how God touched his heart and how God has used him. And he really has given the short version of how many hundreds, if not thousands, of lives that were transformed. I spoke to one of those um, young children, or would have been a little boy, in, in, in uh, Ruth's uh, funeral service, who was here. And, um, you know, he was a, a tall, very, you know, uh, impressive-looking Indian man. And he would, he just, you know, he must have been six foot two. And all he could do was look at Mick and say, it was all down to him. It was all down to him and Ruth that I'm here today believing in Jesus. Uh, and, and I just think faithfulness, you, sometimes Christian work, children's work can be soul-destroying. Can it not, you know? Uh, and yet the reality is uh, that's the in-season and out-of-season mentality that we press on and we press in because in due season, the Bible says we will reap a harvest. And it might not be in our time. We might not see it, but now and again we get the opportunity to see what God has been doing in people's lives. And honestly, I'd love to see more and more of that. In these few moments that I have with you, I just wanted to do a, a little bit of a, a thought-provoking kind of little test to begin with. Uh, we're, we're looking at the Missio Dei. It's a, a theological term. It's a Latin term, but it just simply means the mission of God, or it means the sending God. We get the idea that uh, God in heaven, you know, as, as they were in, in, in interacting with one another, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's a sense of how God reveals himself. He's the sending God. The Father sends the Son. The Father and Son send the Spirit. The Father, Son, and Spirit send the church. That's in the heart and in the mind of God. I wonder if you could tell me, uh, there's a little point for this, if anybody knows uh, whose mission statement this is. Have a little listen to this. Whose mission statement is this? Bringing the best user experience to customers through innovative hardware, software, and services. Whose worldwide mission statement is that? Come on, put an hand up. Who said that? I can't hear. Shout. Apple Mac. Why do you know that? Or were you just guessing? What about this one? You'll see it on the, street, on, the, on, the, uh, on the PowerPoint. To accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Who's that? British Gas. <laughs> it's, I can say it's not even close, but it's a good guess. Thank you for playing. That was great. No, it's Tesla. 
Tesla, okay. Only one more. I had five. We're not going to do that many. We haven't got time. What about this one? To make delicious, feel-good moments for everyone. Who? No. Asda? Who said Asda? <laughs> it's McDonald's. McDonald's. Did you say McDonald's, Dave? Yeah, David says, who said McDonald's? Give yourself a round of applause. That's fantastic. Do you know what? Maybe I, I thought thinking, do you know, there is a, quite a few churches who might like that last statement, to make delicious feel-good moments for everyone. Sounds like church. We're trying to make everyone feel good. All of these are key mission statements from global companies trying to affect and have a global impact. But today we're just focusing very briefly on Missio Dei. It's a Latin theological term, and it's translated the mission of God. And it's really, really important to us because there's, um, there's a little kind of thought that I want to bring from that today. Uh, what is the mission of God? What does it mean that God is ascending God? We've already seen that, you know, the Father sends the Son, the Son, and the Father send the Spirit. And we are here today because someone was sent to us. God using people to fulfill His plans and purpose in the world. But I want to tell you that the mission of God, the Missio Dei, does not start with the church. It's not what can we come up with. It's not what can we do. But it, it's, it's not a man-made activity. It's not a church-made activity. Missio Dei, the mission of God, has its origin in the heart and in the character of God. It's not something that God does. It's something that God is. He is by nature. He is by character missional. That's who he is. It's not what he does. We don't do mission as a church. We are involved in God's mission. It's who we are. God is a missionary God. I remember that because in 2009, a, a, a young man in a village in, in the north of Nepal said, uh, uh, last year God came to my village and I was so naive, I said, well, that's fantastic. How so? And he looked at me and he says, because you came. I thought, oh, yeah. Would God have been there in the first place? Well, God already was there. He was just waiting for me to catch up and join him where he already was, working on the heart of a young man and a few men who were not Christians, who were not believers, who had no idea, but were waiting for me to catch up. Because God was already working, because God's always on mission in your workplace, in that shop, in that conversation. God's already saying, can you hear me? Can you understand what I'm already doing? Will you join me where I already am? Because it's in the heart and in the character of God. God is a missionary God. And where you find believers, where you find the church, where you find Christian, you, you, you will always find mission. You will always find mission. And if you do not find a movement for mission where there are believers, either individually, even if it's two or three, or corporately, then something vital is missing. 
any church that does not involve itself in mission or missional activity is condemned to die. Because mission is not something we do. If we take on the character and the heart of God, we take on mission not as an activity to do, but because he is missional. He, he moves out. He goes beyond. And we cannot say to ourselves, it's not my kind of personality. I like to keep things to myself. No, God is missional. And he uses all kinds of personalities and introverts and extroverts. Who's a... Who's a Introvert. You're not going to put your hand up, are you? Oh, you are. <laughs> yeah, you see, who's an introvert? And we'll leave it to the ones who make the most noise. I'm not that kind of person. And yet it was an introvert that led me to faith. Quietly just getting on in their own way. Being just as much effective as the extrovert because God uses all of his people, not because of personality, but because it's his nature when he is in when Christ is in us, his heart is and his nature is to move out. Jesus didn't have to do anything, but he did. You don't have to do anything, but you could. There's a man called M.L. Bruner. I encourage you to read any of his kind of writings or books, but he said these words, the church exists by mission. We wouldn't be here today unless Ron Jones. Anybody, put your hand up if you've never heard of a name called Ron Jones. If you've never heard that name, put your hand up. This church exists today because of a man called Ron Jones who lived in Bristol but felt called by God to hold a mission in our town hall 50 years ago today. Today. We're 50. Give ourselves a round of applause. Look at that. We're 50. But we wouldn't be here. And if you've got saved because you are part of this church, you trace all the way, all that way back to one man. And he wasn't, he wouldn't say it's me. He would say it was the heart and the move of God. And then the dedication of workers that you have long got long since been forgotten, but they're known by God, who gave their time and energy and focus over many years in this place to serve God. You know who many of them are. They're heroes of faith. And in two weeks' time, we're going to say goodbye to one of them. His name's Laddie, and he's a hero of faith. If it was a Hebrews 11 and it was still vacant and open now, he'd be in there. But he would be shying away. He wouldn't want the limelight. Our church is full of people like that. And I honor you for all that you have done. But I'm excited for all that is going to be done in the days to come. Why? Because God is missional. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And I say that in the context of when we think church is in decline. This, uh, listen, I understand all of the realities of the challenges that we face of this time and season, but it says in the book that God has a plan. And it will not be thwarted. And it will not be left behind. God is not in heaven scratching his head saying, what's going to happen? He knows the plans that he has. And I am confident in him, confident in his words, that whatever he says he's going to do, he is going to do. 
And the Bible says of the increase of his government, of his influence, of his kingdom, he says, there'll be no end. We win. <laughs> we win. And in between, we work. We work. Because unless we do mission, Emil Brunner, the church exists by mission, just as fire exists by burning. Where there is no mission, there is no church. And where there is neither church nor mission, there is no faith. Very simple, very focused. Mission, evangelism, loving people, feeding the poor, visiting the lonely and the sick is not something we do. It's not something we do, I best do that. It's in us. It's in us. Why? Because Christ is in us. He is moved with compassion. And if we're not moved with compassion, then you are believing in a God that I don't know who he is. Because he is a compassionate God. He is consumed with what? People. He's consumed with people. The broken. Those who have heard, had no mercy. Those who have no way. Those who have, you know, fallen on hard times. Those who are rich. Those who are poor. Come as you are. Part of the character of God and the nature of God. And so therefore it should be, has to be part of the nature of the church to be missional. Why do churches close? Because somewhere they left the path. It's not a condemnation. I'm not being critical. But somewhere they left the path. The Bible never talks about holy huddles. It talks about an inclusive and an embracing community of people whom the world knew them by their love for one another. It was just so in the face of the world, so different. Not better than the world. We're not better than anybody else. But we are different. And if we're not, then Lord, help me to become more like you, to carry your nature that allowed you to stand out. But standing out doesn't mean to say you get all the rewards. Jesus stood out and it cost him for standing out. Missio Deo, the mission of God. The mission of God. Well, we're all on mission, but what is? What's the point? What is the mission? What is it that we're all involved with? If you work at Tesla, they'll tell you. If, they'll work at, if you work at McDonald's, they'll say it's to make everybody happy. Not wrong with that. That's great. What are we here for? What's the point? The purpose of this sending, why God sent his son, why the son and the father sent the spirit, and why we have been sent by that wonderful uh, 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 God that we call Trinity, why we've been sent, what is the purpose? I can give you the purpose in one word, redemption. Redemption, which is to release from blame or debt, to clear, to free each one of us from the consequence of sin. To bring liberty and freedom to those who are captives, to set the oppressed free, to buy back the heart and nature of God is fixed on redeeming his world. It's not our world. It's his. And he would give his life for that mandate. This is Miss You Day. I'm going to watch a short video, and I hope you will enjoy it. Missio Dei, the mission of God. It is here, it is now, 
and it is moving. This is more than a story or a rehearsal. This isn't lip service. It is about living God's mission today. The mission of God's intimate relationship with all of creation expressed through the life of Christ. It's an invitation to embrace God's unfolding vision that Christ made living. It's been here from the beginning. Missio Day is a moving mission of discovery and healing and hope. An agenda of significance for all who answer yes to the call to serve. Every encounter with God is an opportunity for exploration and growth. Missio Day is living the message with the community. Every aspect of it. Embracing the world around us. Our home, work, neighborhood, church, school, park, street corner, grocery store, phone call, bus ride, everything. The hope of wholeness is a promise, but we must look outside our doors. God is outward moving. It is expanding, growing, and connecting. In a separated world, that constant relational impulse of Christ's mission creates connectedness and hope. Missio Day. God's love is enduring and persistent, drawing us together through the Holy Spirit. Through the living body of Christ, we become one. Missio Day. God's vision, Christ's mission. The word must become flesh. This isn't lip service. It's living God's mission for today. And that's the call of the church. That's the heart of God. It's an invitation to embrace God's unfolding vision. And it is unfolding. We don't have all the answers. Neither do you individually. It's unfolding. Miss your day is both being and living the message of Jesus in our communities. We must look outside our doors. God is outward moving. The word must become flesh. We've heard that before, haven't we? The word must become flesh. I want to conclude by uh, utilizing uh, something that is written by uh, a man that I've been reading his books recently. He's called Chris Wright. Uh, he's a really good writer, uh, and he's written a book called The Mission of God. And I just want to land by using some of the statements that he's used, and I paraphrase them. But I found them really, really interesting because it addresses um, some of the challenges that are facing the church today and facing me individually in the way that I view the world. And I want them to be something that I hope is not provocative in a wrong sense, but allows you to, to, to really think about your mission, our mission, and our focus in this day. I'm not going to really comment too much on them. I'm just going to allow you to read them for yourselves. Uh, uh, and Missio Day, the mission of God, challenges really our self-centered uh, worldview, egocentric worldview. Because I didn't realize that a lot of what I do in my own life is all about me. It's all about me. And it challenges this kind of look on our lives, which is all about the me and the I. Because the mission of God is not about either of those. It's about His mission in our lives being fulfilled. So, I hope you'll be able to 
listen to these statements and these questions and maybe give some thought to them. I'm going to be sending them out to the entire community so that you have time to, uh, uh, to look at them in a little bit more detail after today's service. But the first one is this. We ask, where does God fit into the story of my life? When perhaps we should ask, where does my life fit into the great story of God? It's a good question. It's not about you and whether you can fit him in. It's where does my life fit into the great, amazing story of God's unfolding plan? The next question is simply this. We ask, what is my individual purpose in life? When we should be seeing the purpose of everything we do, every day, every moment, as the Missio Dei, the mission of God. Everything we do has purpose. It's not, what's my purpose? It's what's his purpose in my life every day and every moment. What we say, what we don't say, how we act and how we respond, our body language, which is really, really important. It makes a difference. Next question is this. We talk about the challenge of applying the Bible to our lives when the real question is, how do I apply my life to the Bible? We've often, I've used that analogy many times in my own life growing up, how do I apply the Bible truths to my life? Well, it's the wrong way around, isn't it, perhaps? It's how do I apply my life? What needs to change in me in order to look at the Bible and live the Bible? Just a couple more. We wrestle with how to make the gospel relevant to the world when the reality is that God is transforming the world to fit the reality and the shape of the gospel. It's the other way around. Some of these will take time to really think about. Good, we need to think about these things. I'm gonna conclude with these last two though. We ask, what kind of mission God expects from our church when we should be asking, what kind of church does God expect for his mission. It's really interesting, isn't it, the response. It's not about me and what do we need to do. It's, it's how do we fit into what he is already doing? What kind of church does God expect for his mission in Western Supermare? And lastly, this morning I wonder, perhaps you wonder, what kind of mission God has for me when maybe we should ask, what kind of me does God want for his mission? Well, God understands the way I am, it's just the way I am. Mm -hmm. I've always been like this, mm-hmm. It's just the way I was brought up. Mm -hmm. You don't understand. Mm -hmm. I don't. 
what kind of mission God has for me? Or is it what kind of me does God need in this coming season for his mission in your workplace, in your university, in your college and school, where you do life? And it's not, not this building and not the building to come. That's not where the real mission, it is. It's here where we do life. Miss your day because the nature of God is missional. And if I'm not, help me, Lord, to become more like you. Help us, Lord, to become more like you. Because God is in us. Colossians 1.27 says, To them God has chosen to make known amongst the, the Gentiles the glories of his mystery, which is Christ in you. And if Christ is in you, then mission is not something we do. It's who we are. It's who we are. So, as we look to the coming days and as we look to go to the building next week, um, when I first went to that building down, down on the, the front there, I was like a child in a sweetie shop. No. You remember when you first went to the house that you're living in now and you went, oh, that's the one. It's better than the other one because it's got two sinks. Or whatever it is that suddenly it's got parking and that's the... But I don't want us to go in just thinking of a building. Maybe why don't you arrive at 9 o'clock next Sunday and walk around town? Why don't you look at the demographics? Look at the realities of where people are at. Look at the fact that there up to nearly a thousand new homes are going to be built there in the middle of our town in the next two years. Look at the social problems that we're going to be going into. And before we say yes, because we look at a building, what kind of me do I need to be in order to do the mission that God has asked us to do? Let's not just look with physical eyes, although that's good. Let's look with spiritual eyes. Because the plan of any building or any way forward in anything that we do is redemption. We're not looking to entertain. We are not Tesla. We are not Apple. And we're certainly not McDonald's to make delicious feel-good moments for everyone. Although they're nice, our mission is redemption. Every life matters. So, let's all stand as we pray. You've listened so well. Time has gone. And I really appreciate uh, the patience of children and young people and workers. But this is a moment. These are important questions. Miss your day. Miss your day. We're not going to do mission. We are mission. And Lord, today stood before you are a group of people, many whom have legacy and given heart, mind, and soul for many, many years. Many, Lord, who are, Lord, uh, working already, Lord, in their workplaces, doing tremendous things in their communities, Lord, and overflowing wherever they are, and I thank you for that. But corporately, we come to you, and we have no delusions of grandeur. 
We make no big statements about anything other than your kingdom come. Your will in our town be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you give us what we need to accomplish what you've asked us to do? Lord, we don't ask what kind of mission have you got for me. We ask what kind of me do I need to be for the mission that you have put in my heart. To that end, Lord, we say thank you for the calling that you've placed upon our life. Thank you for Mick and the many hundreds of people who have been influenced in his and Ruth's life over many years. Thank you for that, Lord. But can I humbly say it's not enough. More of you, more of your kingdom. And we thank you for the excitement that we have, Lord, that of the increase of your government, there will be no end. That's our confidence. It's not in ourselves. It's in you and in your word and in your mission. And when your mission is done your way, then we are condemned to succeed. We can only win. So, Lord, thank you for this time together. Give us a great remainder of the day. Thank you for this opportunity to be your church. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you.